Hello, this is R.J. Deacon, reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Smith v. Berryhill. Certiori to United States Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. Argued March 18, 2019. Decided May 28, 2019. The Social Security Act permits judicial review of any final decision after a hearing by the Social Security Administration, 42 U.S.C. Section 405G. Claimants for, as relevant here, Supplemental Security Income Disability Benefits under Title 16 of the Act must generally proceed through a four-step administrative process in order to obtain federal court review. 1. Seek an initial determination of eligibility. 2. Seek reconsideration of that determination. 3. Request a hearing before an administrative law judge. and 4. Seek review of the ALJ's decision by the SSA's Appeals Council. See 20 CFR section 416.1400. A request for appeals council review generally must be made within 60 days of receiving the ALJ's ruling. Section 416.1468. If the claimant misses the deadline and cannot show good cause for doing so, the appeals council dismisses the request. Section 416. 1471. Petitioner Ricky Lee Smith's claim for disability benefits under Title 16 was denied at the initial determination stage upon reconsideration and on the merits after hearing before an ALJ. The Appeals Council later dismissed Smith's request for review as untimely. Smith sought judicial review of the dismissal in a federal district court, which held that it lacked jurisdiction to hear the suit. The Sixth Circuit affirmed, Maintaining that the Appeals Council's dismissal of an untimely petition is not a final decision subject to federal court review. Uh, the Supreme Court held uh, reversed and remanded, and Justice Sotomayor delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. An Appeals Council dismissal on timeliness grounds after a claimant has had an ALJ hearing on the merits qualifies as a final decision made after a hearing for purposes of allowing ju judicial review under Section 405G. The statute's text supports this reading. In the first clause, any final decision, the phase final decision clearly denotes some kind of terminal event, and Congress's use of any suggests an intent to use that term expansively. See Ali versus Federal Bureau of Prisons. The Appeals Council's dismissal of Smith's claim fits that language. The SSA's regulations make it the final stage of review. See 20 CFR section 416.1472. As for the second clause, made after a hearing, Smith obtained the kind of hearing that section 405G most naturally suggests, an ALJ hearing on the merits. This case differs from Califino versus Sanders, where the court found that the SSA's denial of a claimant's petition to reopen a prior denial of his claim for benefits, a second look that the agency had made available to claimants as a matter of grace, was not a final decision under Section 405G. Here, by contrast, the SSA's final decision is much more closely tethered to the relevant hearing. A primary application for benefits may not be denied without an ALJ hearing, if requested. Section 405b1 
and a claimant's access to this first bite at the apple is a matter of legislative right rather than agency grace. There is also no danger here of thwarting Congress's own deadline. Where the only potential untimeliness concerns Smith's request for appeals counsel review, not his request for judicial review following the agency's ultimate determination. The statutory context also weighs in Smith's favor. Appeals from SSA's determinations are, by their nature, appeals from the action of a federal agency. In the separate administrative law context of Administrative Procedure Act review, an action is final if it both, one, marks the consummation of the agency's decision-making process, and two, is one by which rights or obligations have been determined or from which legal consequences flow. It'd be Bennett versus Speer. Both conditions are satisfied when a Social Security claimant has reached the final step of the SSA's four-step process and has had his request for review dismissed as untimely. While the administrative exhaustion requirement should be applied with regard for the particular administrative scheme at issue, Weinberger versus Selfie, the differences between the two acts here suggest that Congress wanted more oversight by the courts rather than less under Section 405G, and that Congress designated the statute as a whole to be unusually protective of claimants. See Bowen versus City of New York. SSA is also a massive enterprise, and mistakes will occur. Congress did not suggest that it intended for this claimant protective statute to leave a claimant with no recourse to the courts if a mistake does happen. Smith's entitlement to judicial review is confirmed by the strong presumption that Congress intends judicial review of administrative action, Bowen v. Michigan Academy of Family Physicians. The heavy burden for rebutting this presumption is not met here. Congress left it to the SSA to define the procedures that claimants like Smith must first pass through, but it has not suggested that it intended for the SSA to be the unreviewable arbiter of whether claimants have compelled or complied with those procedures. The arguments of uh, Amicus in support of the judgment do not alter this conclusion. Amicus first argues that the phrase final decision made after a hearing refers to a conclusive disposition after exhaustion of a benefits claim on the merits. However, this court's precedents do not support that reading. The Appeals Council's dismissal is not merely collateral, but an end to a proceeding in which a substantial factual record has already been developed, and on which considerable resources have already been expended. And Smith's case is distinct from Sanders. Mikas also claims that the permitting that permitting greater judicial review could risk a flood of litigation given the large volume of claims handled by the SSA, but that result is unlikely because the number of appeals council untimeliness dismissals is comparatively small, and because data from the 11th Circuit, which follows the interpretation adopted here, do not bear out Amicus's warning. Third, Amicus flags related contexts that could be informed by this ruling, but those issues are not before this court. Finally, Amicus argues that Section 405G is ambiguous and that the SSA's long-standing interpretation of its meaning, prior to a change of the position in this case, is entitled to deference under Chevron. But this is not the kind of question on which courts defer to agencies. 
a reviewing court that disagrees with the procedural ground for the appeals council dismissal should, in the ordinary case, remand the case to allow the agency to address substantive issues in the first place. While there would be jurisdiction for a court to reach the merits, this general rule comports with the fundamental administrative law principles and is confirmed by the court's cases discussing exhaustion in the social security context. See City of New York. The decision below is reversed and remanded. Justice Sotomayor delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. If you'd like to get a hold of the podcast, we can be reached at RhodesScholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S and 8-0.